Welcome back to Judgment, everybody. So happy to have you with us. Uh, as you're aware, this is the movie <laughs> Ultimate Movie Ranking Podcast. Uh, and as you know, leaving every so in. often, <laughs> I'm leaving it all in. <laughs> every so often, we like to have what we like to call a snap judgment. Uh, this occurs usually because uh, we've sent one of our other co-hosts out to the field to do a little research for us. And today, we sent Blaine to Bogota, Colombia to get some intel for us. And by sending Blaine, that means I have but one person here, and that's Jill. Jill, how are you? It's good as being here. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Gosh, I, ho- I hope Blaine doesn't find himself in some sort of killing floor. <laughs> Well, as you can hear, that's not Jill with me. It's actually our good friend, Corey. Tis I. It's me. We're doing Uh, our own version of Tootem. It's just us two. It's just these guys. It's these guys. From what I hear, I think Blaine took Jill to Bogota as well, so good luck to both of them. Safe travels. Somebody somebody get a sat phone. Make sure that they've got one. Well, you know, the new iPhone update has a SOS, so I think they're going to be okay. I mean, hopefully. Okay. You never know. Uh, but with that being said, Corey and I are going to be doing a snap judgment for you today. We are. We are. Uh, and it's a little movie called Clear and Present Danger with a one Harrison Ford. Now, uh, we're trying to keep along the lines of our spy espionage system with uh, Bond, you know. And uh, Corey, I got to say right away, I don't know if this falls into the category of either spy or espionage, really. Hey, it's it's got CIA in there, and that's uh, a, a sort of spy program. We can it's, say it's sure. intelligence. Intelligence is in the title. You know who I didn't fucking see? There was no Felix Leiter in this. That you know what? Upsetting. Where is he? They all exist. Yeah. He exists in every universe. Well, here's the thing: Jack Ryan shows up. He, you know, he's there for five minutes and gets a fucking promotion. God knows you're not going to give it to the black CIA agent that's been there. Yikes! <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. This is what happens in this country, Corey. Oh, you know what, Felix? <laughs> we, we're sorry, and we're here for you. Reach out. Yeah. Can we get Felix on, on, on an episode of, of Bond? That'd be yeah, great. let's do that. We want. We definitely want uh, Jeffrey uh, Wright, right? We, I love Jeffrey him. Wright, yeah. I do, too. I, I hey, Jeffrey, him. what's going on with Westworld, bud? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you think even for a second that Jeffrey Wright even knows? That's <laughs> <Brett's> not care. <laughs> if I had to put money on it, I'd say Jeffrey Wright checked out after season one. Um, <laughs> I don't imagine he's keeping up with that at all. Speaking uh... of Westworld, <laughs> speaking of Western civilization, Corey, we need to talk about uh, a we, movie that... we got to do our mini-snap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just getting to that. So speaking of Western worlds... Have you seen the movie Elvis? I have seen the movie called Elvis. So you watched all three hours of it, the same as I did. <laughs> In one sitting, believe it or not. Holy shit. Good for yeah. you. Good for you. I was you. impressed myself. There's a lot of things I would have left out. <laughs> uh, to say the least. Hey, I... boss, you're doing too much, bud. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the nicest compliment I can give that movie. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I That's think going I into say. it, I was like, you know, I like Chicago. I like the Moulin Rouge. I have not seen Australia, but I hear it's very Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he didn't do Chicago, by the way. I don't want to. He did not do Chicago. He did the Great Gatsby, though. 
with maybe DiCaprio. that's what maybe maybe I'm just conflating because I think of those movies in tandem, Moulin Rouge and Chicago. I don't know why. Can't explain yeah. why. I mean, there's you know, fucking singing and dancing. singing and dancing. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm gonna pull way back. He also did Romeo and Juliet with DiCaprio. Right, and he did the yeah. dancing movie before that that I can't remember that everybody always. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone always talks about. <laughs> strictly ballroom. Strictly ballroom. You nailed and it. And it's it's uh, strictly okay. You know what? At best, at best. I heard that there was only like a couple ballroom scenes in there. Can you believe it? It doesn't seem very strict. No, it doesn't seem very. It's strict. very loosely ballroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of loose, get ready for this episode. Get ready for this episode. <laughs> Boy, about as loose as some sunken ships. <laughs> so back to Elvis. Um, Anywho, so <laughs> I will say this: the scene that I literally had to stop for the night. I was like. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna I'm pick this back up tomorrow. When Elvis is doing his music special, sure, and uh, he does the last song, mm. the hand movements that that actor does, <laughs> he's going in. It is. <laughs> it's it's all, he's doing a little more. Like it's crazy because he's only doing a little bit more than Elvis actually did. So I watched the side to side, and Elvis is Such doing a, a lot of it. Makes <laughs> Elvis is doing quite a bit of them, but yeah, it's the way. Austin Butler, the actor, is mm-hmm. really throwing his hips into them. And I'm like, hey, man, you just maybe one more. You're doing too many of that move. Let's do a different move. If you would have told me that uh, in that scene, if that was his 300th take, that's what it seemed like to me. He was just <laughs> very done. Wasn't it like Elvis did that song so many times, though, before they finally nailed it? Boy, I wish I was more of an Elvis expert. I think that um, the the final recording is like, the twentieth take or something like that. Got it. Well, so I, maybe I that's why he was just like, "I'm only gonna do the arm <laughs> thing, y'all. I'm not doing anything else." And he certainly didn't. I was gonna say I could ask my grandmother, but uh, I think she's dead. So you think we can just move? I think so. Uh, last I checked, I mean, we put her in the ground, but you know that doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> love you, gal. Anyway, yeah, love, love you, love you, babe. Um, um I. Good th- I, it was okay. That's the best I can say about it, too. It was you know, okay. I think that, hey, Priscilla and Lisa Marie loved it. And, you know, who else do you need to impress? I guess no one. You know? Maybe the colonel. The colonel probably needs some Colonel's dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Colonel's real dead. So. <laughs> the tragedy of the whole thing is that Elvis died before the colonel. That's that was the, the craziest thing. <laughs> How did that lard ass look? That's so crazy. Well, in all fairness, Elvis wasn't exactly his also, best, yeah, best place at the time either. God, uh, that last scene where he's just like oh. sweating his complete face. And then it gets even worse when they show the actual footage of Elvis yeah. <laughs> doing the same thing. Yeah, but right You're before like, that, handsome dude. I always forget. Oh like, my God. Godzilla yeah. handsome. He looks, I mean, astounding. Astounding. Um, then I will say this, the makeup work on, uh, old Austin Butler was, a, they spent a little less time on him than they did with Hanks, I could tell. Minimal, <laughs> you know, I yeah. could, mm-hmm. he didn't really look like Elvis a lot of the time. And I think that's a lot of people's critique. He sounds like him. It moves like him. He does fine. He does absolutely yeah. fine. You know. He'll probably at least get nominated for an Academy Award. And there are definitely some scenes that I think, uh, good job. Okay. All right. 
Well, there you go. Some of the scenes where I'm kind of like, okay, got it. (laughs) Yeah. Hanks is definitely going to get one, but that's just because when your name's Tom Hanks and you do anything, you're going to get a fucking nomination. God. He sounded like a Paula Tompkins character in the background. And I told him, next time I see you, I will give you a million dollars. And you he sounded will... like uh, he, he edged on the villain from Hogan's Heroes. He, <laughs> he, he really leaned into that a lot. He's going to wear a Christmas throb? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. This will be a Christmas song. Let's play a Christmas song. <laughs> Just crying. But he didn't play I a Christmas th- song. He's crying about it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But I will say, I wanted to know more about the Colonel's background, to be honest with you, because he kind of left Shockingly on a... little is yeah. known about the Colonel's background. I looked it up. There's oh, not much. God. That's weird. Shows up, starts a carnival, finds Elvis, and yeah. turns him into what he turned him into, and then... I mean, he's like, uh... he's he's Dutch or something like that, and mm-hmm. I can't remember what his real name is. He wasn't in the army. It's all a lie. No. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He just gave himself the colonel title. You know what's... It, it's funny we bring this up. And I swear to you people, we will talk about clear and present danger in a minute. But what is funny is I, when people would talk... Or when Randy Quaid used to get interviewed... And this is before Randy Quaid was <laughs> Where a is this fucking... Going? <laughs> oh, no, wait. <laughs> this is before Randy Quaid was an absolute fucking insane asylum person I'm um, back. <laughs> <laughs> no quaid, randy quaid i think he did an elvis movie where kurt russell played elvis it, that was like incident. that was maybe three years after elvis died or maybe yeah like 79 okay well like that. in that movie randy quaid played the colonel and i hope i'm getting this right because i'm not researching it but randy quaid said that was his favorite role i did not know randy quaid played the colonel i've only seen clips of <laughs> of kurt russell yeah uh where was i going with this oh but because of that i always assumed the colonel was just like every fucking uh southern white man oh. with a name like colonel I thought he yeah. was like an amalgamation yeah i so when real dude and of course i've never done any research on elvis i have visited graceland that's a fun fact about me didn't know that yes uh, we actually took uh, my uh, uh, bespoken uh, dead grandmother there <laughs> one time. Yes. I think I do remember hearing about this. Mm-hmm. Now you say that. Yeah. And I'm sure for her it was a big deal, but I think I was maybe in middle school, and I just remember going into Graceland and being like, oh, this is like every dumpy fucking house I've ever seen. <laughs> It's like 1970s bullshit still everywhere. It's just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like Graceland is is it's just a house at the end of the day, right? I mean, yeah. didn't they uh, build like a whole thing behind it? Oh, in front of it. His Both his planes are there, and you can go okay. in the planes. And Donald Trump style, he has a golden toilet. So there's that. Great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Real cool. Real cool. It's a place I've never needed to go to. It's for a real specific group of people. It's for I the would, birds. I, yeah, it's for the birds, gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen, uh, this place is for the yeah, birds. Because <laughs> yeah. we all know, all you guys are out there just dripping wet to go see Elvis's uh, home. Careless. Yeah. Um, funny story. Uh, and guys, we're going to get to Clear and Present. Yeah. Listen, Harrison um, Ford's on the way. I promise. 
in my other family's hometown, <laughs> guys, I'm a child of divorce. Um, in their I'm... home, in their hometown, there's this house that my aunt would always say, you know, Elvis lived there for a time, and it's like this sort of like half mansion on a golf, on like right in front of a golf uh, course. And every time we would pass by, he's like, you know, Elvis lived there. I'm like, did he though? I got it. I don't know, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you get people of a certain age, they just, there was a time when if somebody said it, it was fact. And they've never gone back to research it. I think and... it would probably boil down to like, he, it was like maybe a boarding house and he stayed there a night or two or something like that. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I want to meet someone who oh can my... prove that, that he stayed Wait there. Wait a second. Is that. Could it be? The Forrest Gump house? <laughs> yeah, the Forrest Gump house. That's what <laughs> it, it was indeed, you know? We're from we're the Forrest same hometown. Yeah. Forrest Gump's from anywhere Alabama. That's where I'm from. Um, uh, again, I know. always love the, the fact that in that movie, Sally Field plays Tom Hanks's mother, and four years prior, she played his lover. So that's how we treat women in Hollywood, everyone. After a certain age, you're just a that's mom. That's funny. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. The movie was Punchline. And uh, it's a real uh, interesting title because the movie had none. So, yeah. there we go. You know, you know, I've got a friend mm-hmm. who detests Tom Hanks with a passion. And for a time, I thought that was a very singular idea because who hates Tom Hanks? Mm. But he's had some real stinkers. <laughs> There's been a few. There's, There's been a few. The Terminal. <laughs> I, tried, I, tried, I was like, you know... Everyone gives this movie shit. I'm going to watch a little, and I watched just a little bit. I was like, I just don't want to watch this. No, no. So I'm it, deserves, in watching this. it deserves the shit it got. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you're a filmmaker, an aspiring filmmaker out there, there is a time when you can be so successful and make bad decisions. Sure. And that's what Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks both did in that movie. And I'll say that, oddly enough, one of my favorite performances is. Well, love Castaway, but mm-hmm. at the end of Captain Phillips, and say what you will about the movie itself, but the very end, when he's finally safe, and he just lets it all go, that may be the best acting he's ever done. Oh, okay. It's pretty. Can, it's pretty tough to watch. Can I tell you a little secret? Sure. I never watched Captain Phillips. Never watched that. Can I tell you a little secret? Yeah. I'm the captain now. <gasps> Yeah. Corey, I never knew. Call Barkod Apti. It's me now. <laughs> I love that you pulled his name. I love that. It needed to be pulled. Yeah, you know what? Give him credit. Yeah. He got paid so little for that role. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure yeah. of it. Yeah. It's insane. And I'm sure Tom Hanks got paid so much yeah. for that role. But uh, with all that being said... <laughs> Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. It's a great movie. Well, this has been your snap judgment. For snap Bond. judgment for Elvis. <laughs> we kind of liked it. It was yeah. just okay. Um, if you got three hours to devote to something, honestly, um, I would watch the El- Elvis again before I would start The Irishman. I just, I just can't. I just don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> okay. If we're I comparing, we're... if we're comparing three-hour movies, listen, I got a segue for it. So I'm going to talk about The Irishman real quick. I have never been so sad for something to work out so little. It was... The the idea that people are praising this movie or giving it such high regard to me is 
wild. <laughs> it is not It doesn't great. look interesting to me. Nothing about it looks interesting. Well, here, this is a conversation Blaine and I had, because Blaine has never seen it. And I, afford, unfortunately, sat through the whole thing. They spent so much money doing the de-aging on De Niro, right. Pacino, and Pesci. That that's all you heard about when before the movie came out, and then when you watch it, all you can think of is these people look like they're 60, 70 years old. Yeah. <laughs> they don't look de-aged at all. Yeah, they it's they look it's uncanny valley stuff, and I and I yeah. just and they're supposed to be like in their thirties and forties. Yeah. it's like Mm-mm, no. I, I don't <laughs> mind if you had just hired someone younger for that yeah. role. I don't mind. Doesn't bother I don't me mind at all. it. I, I mean. De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, they didn't need to be in it. <laughs> they, you know, we could have done without. Um, I will say the only shining light in that movie is Joe Pesci. And it could be because he's only in it for accumulatively 10 minutes, maybe. <laughs> but he does a decent job. Uh, but that's about it. Well, I'm glad oh. Joe Pesci's doing stuff. It just feels like a while since we've seen him. Oh, he retired. He said, I'm done. Before the Irishman or after the Irishman? Before the Irishman, he uh, said, "I'm done." So came out. and he came back for Scorsese because I mean, let's be honest, Scorsese kind of gave him his fucking career. So, you know, if Marty asked you back, you do it. Marty asked you back. If Marty asked you, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, final thing: there is a fight scene that occurs, and it's not really a fight scene, but it it has it features Robert De Niro. Who, as we all know in real life, is closer to 80 than not. And he's supposed to be 40 in this scene. And he's supposed to beat this guy's ass. Never has it been so sad to watch an old man pretending to beat the shit out of a stuntman. It is the worst scene. Maybe in cinema? I, uh, I could be wrong I, on that. I feel like we've seen close to it with Roger Moore a couple times. <laughs> no, no. No, <laughs> no. First of all, we still haven't got to a view to, a view to kill, kill, which is this recording. I am yeah. anticipating some of the most bogus fight scenes that have ever existed. Corey, you're anticipating fight scenes, period. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know if you're going to be very satisfied when we get there. But... I will not be satisfied, no. Uh, anyway, so back to Bond. Um, we're doing... Bond offshoot. <laughs> Bond offshoot. We have now spent a... 20 minutes talking about anything but well, the movie we're doing. Clear, I think it takes it takes a little bit, and I still want to prelude a little bit here. So mm-hmm. we yeah. were tra- we were trying to choose a movie yes. that had a Bond vibe, or at least a spy vibe. And do you remember the first? Should we mention the movies that we talked about? Yes, go ahead. So, so the first one you mentioned was Mission Impossible. I said. Yeah. If we're, if we're talking just, like, a spy movie, this is a franchise that exists completely separate from Bond, and then there's, he's a he's 100% a spy. Can't argue that. Nope, he's a spy. Uh, Ethan Hunt? Yes. So, okay. So. Uh, yes, we were thinking about the Brian De Palma Mission Impossible movie, but the problem was is that both Corey and I had seen that. We've seen it. So Yeah, we've seen it. And we try to keep with the snaps that... They have to be movies we have not seen. Because that makes it a little bit more... We're on even... We're on level playing field here. Yes. Yes. So so then we talked about uh, a gym... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the whole title. Remo, Remo Williams. 
the yes. the journey the adventure begins. The adventure begins. I was going to yeah. say the journey begins. <laughs> yeah. A movie um, we've also both seen. <laughs> yeah, we've also both seen it. <laughs> Although, so, <laughs> I really want to watch that I'm at some point watch in the future. It yeah. It's been quite a while. <laughs> yeah. It's that, um, and what is the movie, the bonkers movie, um, with uh, the guy from RoboCop? Gosh. Oh where he plays like, it's like a group of rock stars, and they're also spies fighting. Man. <laughs> Boy, I couldn't even be- Corey, what you just described to me, I didn't know existed in the world, and now I've got to try and find it. I wish I could remember what it is. It's like Bonsai, something Bonsai. Buckaroo Bonsai? Buckaroo Bonsai, thank you. I did know that name. I did not know that's what that movie was about. The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. Now that, technically they're spies. Corey, why... Well, you've seen it. You've seen it. I have not. So I gotta be honest with you. I think I maybe have only seen the beginning of it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think we made a mistake. I Watch think we've got another snap in us. We have to do yeah, I think we got. All right. Well, Corey, right after this, we're gonna watch Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> so we landed on the film Clear and Present Danger. Now, before we get into it, this movie is actually a sequel. Uh, the yeah. original being The Hunt for Red October, a movie starring Sean Connery, which would have made sense to do. <laughs> Much more sense than and what we're sequel, doing And the sequel, Patriot Games, a movie starring Sean Bean, a movie mm-hmm. which also yeah. could have made more sense with Bond. We yeah. chose the yeah. second sequel, <laughs> Clear and Present Danger, not a single Bond actor in it, and is the least spy of yeah. all of them. Not even close to a spy movie. Not even close <laughs> with actors I, is what's going on. I've seen Hunt for Red October a number of times, and I generally like that movie. I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I it's, do, too. It's totally different in theme and vibe and everything. Yeah. Everything about it is compl- it's nothing like the other Jack Ryan movies. You know what it is, I think? It's Alec Baldwin. Well, it's Alec Baldwin. He's not Harrison yeah. Ford. He's a different Jack yeah. Ryan. Uh, Do they, uh, this is all serious question. I can't remember, but in Hunt for October, do they give him a gun? He gets a gun. <gasps> he, uh, he has to, he has to shoot the, the rogue chef who, That's, uh, uh, yeah, I think you're talking about Under Siege now. <laughs> hey, I don't <laughs> think so, but maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> I don't think so, uh, but, <laughs> um, and uh, then in Patriot Games, I like his there's there's a there's a linear plot that I can follow. I'm like, okay, this person's mad because he did this thing and so now he's going to do this. This movie is just Go about ahead. how bad the United States is. <laughs> Legitimately, um I, I first off, uh why don't since we're now talking about it, why don't we give a quick over a quick feel of where we're at with thumbs how about that <laughs> guys we said it'd be loose <laughs> yeah and gals and gals and gals yeah. we we know you all turned in yeah. to listen to the clear and present danger okay Corey, and our non-binary so... friends hey you're out there yeah what's going hey, on we're there with you we're there with you. <laughs> we're not there with them. no we're not, <laughs> they we're not. can't say it like we're, that <laughs> we're two cis men i'm sorry it's as a gay man, I apologize for both of us. <laughs> That's on me. That's on and me. I apologize for Andrew. Yeah. 
as Corey often as I has often to. has to, <laughs> as I often has to. So yeah, I'll it's go a loose show. Um, so I'll yeah, go Corey. first. Yeah, I'll do my thumbs first. I I'm going to give this one thumb up. Okay. Because I mean, there's something about Harrison Ford. And I gotta tell you, I think he's phoning it in this movie, but I still like him. <laughs> this this feels like the start of him really phoning it in. I gotcha. Uh, um, but the acting is good. Can't say the acting's bad. The acting is great. A lot of yeah. great, a lot of strong actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. So one thumb up for me. One thumb up. Okay. So for me, uh, here's where I fall on this movie. I think because. We're so inundated with James Bond right now that when you see a movie like this, it's like, wow, James Bond movies to be two and a half hours really move. This movie does not move that often. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, it is a very slow burn that occurs in this movie that I was honestly taken aback by. Um, But with that being said, there are great elements to it. And I, if I can be so bold, I'm going to say this is more of a political thriller than any kind of spy movie. I would 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, so for a political thriller, I give it a thumb up. I would also right. say that none of the Jack Ryan movies are supposed to be spy movies. He's an analyst. Yeah. He's yeah. an analyst who keeps getting put in operations. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> for what reasons? Eh, that's a little shady. I mean... You know, if, if Jack Ryan teaches anything, all you really got to be is a half-smart white guy in the government. And apparently you get moved up and moved around yeah. and promoted so rapidly. And this movie is technically followed by The Sum of All Fears with Andrew's favorite Jack Ryan, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Well, I, I think you should take one thing back. That's uh, my favorite actor of all time. Sorry. Re- Apologies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has he ever done anything good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Geely was really good. Oh, I would probably enjoy Geely more than anything else he's ever done. <laughs> Honestly, I would watch Geely like just just nice and drunk for fun. That could yeah. be a really fun movie to watch, nice and drunk. That's probably the best place for that movie. Just what a premise. Uh, <laughs> the uh, and then we also have another Jack Ryan feature film with chris pine have you have you heard about this one it's like jack ryan splinter cell or something <laughs> I, like that I'm shadow you... shadow agent something along those lines no joke i was gonna say jack ryan split cell but i know that's not it <laughs> splinter so... cell is a video game i know it's not that okay um yeah, yeah, i never watched that never watched no that. i haven't either that i yeah. can unequivocally say i've never seen that movie yeah. and there's also a series with john krasinski playing jack ryan which I confess I started watching after watching this movie in not bad, not bad. Oh, okay. Also, really, really puts us in a bad light. Man, oh man. Listen, we, we really don't have to try hard these days. I mean, let's be honest about ourselves. Uh, but a few things about Clear and Present Danger. Yes, let's Corey and I it. gave it one thumb up. Uh, not so much for its... Uh, spy appeal but for political thriller feel and uh if i can be even more honest uh i don't know if Corey and i are gonna be able to hit every fucking point in this movie because there are a lot of things to try and, and cover and you know what guys we're not gonna try no 
No, I hate to break it to you. You got some great Elvis talk. <laughs> Guys, and, uh, <laughs> who was so excited for that Elvis chunk? We teed it up, <laughs> and we really yeah. nailed it. I will say that Blaine will probably be upset by how much Elvis we did, but <laughs> I can't imagine Blaine would ever listen to this episode. So. It's, we're 30 minutes in, and we haven't really even gotten into this no, movie. No. At best, we talked about <laughs> our overthoughts. Yeah. Well, okay. should we should we give a brief overview before we just start climbing in? Oh, boy, this is going to be sad. Okay, so... Uh, this is, like Corey said, the third Jack Ryan character movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you want me to read the IMDb? Well, I was going to try and do my normal bond on how everything starts. And it's like, oh. I don't want to get deep. I can do a little bit if you, since we did tee this up. Yeah. All right. Um, wow. So, so let's just start off. Yeah, that's really so, funny. So let's start off. We got uh, a boat. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, we can say like a couple things. So 1994, directed by mm-hmm. Philip Noyce. <laughs> which, yeah, I did notice that too. Which if we want to include those things. <laughs> oh man, this is the second Harrison Ford movie. And guys, it's the third uh, movie featuring James Earl Jones. He was in all three. Good for him. Of course he dies in this one. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Corey. When I first started this movie and remembered that James Earl Jones is a big part of these movies, I did not think that I was going to have to witness James Earl Jones dying of cancer over the course of a high In such movie. a way, where I was like, y'all. This, it this... was depressing. It was yeah. really depressing. James looks rough. Why is why are you making James look so rough? <laughs> the scene where he... <laughs> the, uh, I'm about to, re- you know... I'm about to retire, but I'm dying. Where yeah. Harrison Ford, you get to see James Earl Jones dying in his bed. And Jack Ryan's like, I brought you some new magazines. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Hey, remember when you were leaving through time and you didn't like the dates? I know you're dying of cancer, but here's what yeah. I'm offering. I went to the store, finally, and got you some new magazines. I got you some magazines and I'm also bringing you the worst news you've ever heard. Yeah. CIA. Yeah. Right before you die. We are implicit in an illegal war against (laughs) Cartel. If, I mean, yeah, that's what the movie's about. But I'm going to be honest. There are many times during this movie where I had to really reassess what was going on. It was like, wait, why are we blowing? What is, why are they doing that? So I hit that point quite a few times in this movie. I agree. I think the, the some of the reciprocity stuff was a little bit... It went from uh, 0 to 60 pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's just try and give a first act overview. So yeah. a family is found on their yacht murdered by Colombian drug dealers, right? Uh, and, oh, oh, I did want to say this. Uh, so as I was watching the credits at the beginning of this movie... Where, uh, you know, we basically fuck the American flag all over our faces in this screen, in this scene. It's uh, smeared all over the screen every fucking chance they could get. And what I thought was funny is this movie was originally, first draft was written by John Milius. Do you, are you aware of Mr. Milius? No. Okay. So, there's a great documentary about him. You should check it out. But 
He was like a ghost writer kind of thing during the 70s. Yeah. The speech in Jaws that, uh, what's his name gives about the uh, Annapolis? Yeah. yeah, that was written by John Milius. He threw uh, that in there last minute for Spielberg. It's a great speech. Yeah. He did a lot of touch-ups for big people like uh, Coppola, Spielberg, uh, George Lucas. Uh, he flat out wrote Apocalypse Now. And uh, he wrote the first two D Dirty Harry movies. And then maybe his biggest uh, movie that you would know for sure is Red Dawn. Interesting. Pat Swayze. Pat Swayze. Yes, he's done quite a bit. But here's the thing about Melius. He is a avid Second Amendment type dude. Very big gun guy. And pretty conservative. And on many occasions pretty racist uh you know so, what doesn't shock me at all nope nope it's you weird say, how all three of insert those insert any name these days <laughs> yep. yep it's weird how all three of those things equal the same thing mm -hmm. uh so anyway Melius. so there were times in this where it's like i can definitely feel the Melius touch the on Mili this the, the Melius. <laughs> yeah she's got the Melius touch touched her too much mm-hmm Touched her too much. Um, That's a... I did. I think I remember reading that John McTiernan, director of the first, uh, the first one, the Red October, as well as Die Hard, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I think he actually wanted to write the sequel, and he wanted the sequel to be the ver his version of Clear and Present Danger, but mm. they ha they wanted Patriot Games instead, uh, and so they kicked Tiernan McTiernan off. I think he yeah. brought the best vibe so far, and I'm a little bit bummed that. Uh, that he didn't get his shot at this movie. Yeah, because, uh, what's this guy's name again? New Bum? Philip Noyce? Noyce, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he did uh, Patriot Games, mm -hmm. which... Patriot Games is a movie I've seen. I know what it's about. Can't really tell you what it, <laughs> what occurs. Uh, I mean, but... it's simply Jack Ryan kills this, this kind of splinter faction IRA... He kills one of the leader's brothers. And then the movie is just about that that guy trying to get revenge on Jack Ryan. Oh, they, okay. They're supposed to be doing their mission, but he do not want a part of that. He just wants to kill oh. Jack Ryan. Just wants to kill Jack Ryan. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Hunt for Red October was much better. Oh, I God, love yeah. Hunt for Red October. You know what I uh, find funny, though? Is mm -hmm. that I guess it was just a time where they didn't want to be dubbing or putting subtitles too much in movies Ooh. so i just love how that movie is like well they're starting speaking russian and then yeah. they would just zoom in on their faces and like mm -hmm. now they're speaking english and you just yeah you as the audience know they're still speaking russian yeah they're still <laughs> speaking russian but you're hearing the english and we're and not gonna get the them way, russian accents no, no sorry absolutely not is this gonna be a scottish accent it sure is <laughs> um, oh and you know what sam neil also in hunt for october almost was bond so i know so much going on. Well, I will say that they also did the uh, English transfer over in this movie. Uh, because when we first meet our uh, villain, the drug lord, whose name is so much like Pablo Escobar, it Escobeda. made me laugh out loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they really wanted this to be Pablo Escobar. It really um, much, it very much so is. Yeah. Um, yep. My MDB. Not moving fast enough. Uh. Fuck it. Yep, his name's almost like Escobar. It's anyway. I said it, Escobeda. <laughs> oh, thank you. you fool. Thank you. How dare you, the attitude on you this week. Um, 
You know what? So, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, see that? Sorry for that yeah. ugliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... We got too much ugliness in the world, Corey. Uh, we get so, yeah. too much ugliness in the world. That was that was your famous single that you made in wow. the nineties. Hmm. Yeah, somebody call uh, Motown because I need to get on there. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's uh, he's basically like a second coming of Luther Vandross. <laughs> Keep going. It's all bad. <laughs> Keep it moving. So, never yeah, too much, so, y'all. Never too much. Never, never. Uh, so, yeah, they do basically the same thing when we first meet him. And he's playing baseball in a cave, from all I can notice. And they go from straight speaking Spanish and then just a quick, Whip. weird weird little edit. And now we're only speaking English for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't hate it. I kind of get why they do it. You know, I, I'm watching the so the the Jack Ryan show, and they don't do that at all. So they're speaking Arabic well, the whole yeah, like half the show is Arabic. Here we go. Well, I guess they figure uh, if you're reading the Tom Clancy book, Tom Clancy's definitely not putting it in Russian and <laughs> Spanish. So no, they're like we got to do something to get these Tom Clancy folks in here. Uh, speaking you imagine, of, you imagine if you have to read a book and you need to you need to translate <laughs> when they're speaking a, a book with a subtitle just something <laughs> holy shit but yeah uh by the way tom clancy also in case you haven't put it together uh also a bit of a right-wing guy in his life he died a few years ago i would um, heavily imagine <laughs> <laughs> yeah if uh his movies give or his books yeah. i should say give any indication uh but yeah so we got uh him he goes into speaking english uh we meet our president of the united states played by Corey, a good friend of ours donald moffat yes love donald moffat and might i say he might be my favorite part of this movie he is just the absolute worst <laughs> a pure imbecile mm-hmm. yep uh, he also though has this weird quality of like that george hw bush just old man almost aloof to normal things <laughs> that's all i got on him uh-huh. this example i i saw a video of a guy arguing the other day there's a video of a guy arguing to a phone repairman, and he was mad that the repair shop fixed his phone when he could have just put it in rice, put it in white rice. And he was arguing with the guy who was like, you told me white rice wouldn't repair my phone. He's like, it won't repair your phone. He's like, well, this other guy told me it would. And he's like, I don't understand what you wanted me to tell you. That fucking generation. It's so <laughs> crazy. And he's like, well, we'll just wait for the police to get here. And I'm just, I'm just like, the police. You called the police <laughs> about rice, my guy. Did they charge him $700,000 for it? <laughs> yeah, like you paid the man. I'm calling the police. So Donald Moffat has that energy in this movie. Oh, yeah. But, but let's be honest. Donald Moffat kind of always has that energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The minute I saw him, like... I was like, oh, here we go. He's president. Great. This is a ride. Yeah, we should also probably mention at this point that there are, I'm going to estimate 700 different actors we're supposed to keep up with. Oh, man. Yeah, like they introduce us. We're introduced to the president in this scene that um, 
Harrison Ford is as Jack Ryan has sort of taken on a new role alongside James Earl Jones, whose uh, his name is Greer, and they are in the Oval Office looking at the looking at the deaths of the family on the boat, and they happen to be close friends of Donald Moffat, which begs the question: You're friends with some shady dudes, but yeah. Um, and we meet in that same room. We meet a a, a, a man named James Cutter. And another by the name of Robert Ritter, uh, played by Harris Yulin and Henry Cerny, respectively. And these two individuals <laughs> are basically the main reason um, for our movie. They they yeah. are mm-hmm. they are the drivers of the movie. And oddly enough, uh, a bank account. But we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I can't think. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you though, something about how I was watching this movie, Henry Cerny, who I've seen in other things, he's a kind of a character actor. Had yeah. the bluest eyes I've ever seen. He had did you notice that major eyes in this movie? Wowzer! Yeah. I I thought he looked tremendous. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, man, this guy's a cle- he's an asshole. But you know, yeah. we talked about this. If you are an asshole and I hate you, but I can't take my eyes off you, you've Something's done it. Working. Done a fantastic Something's job. Working. My all, uh, my example I always use is Ramsey Snow from Game of Thrones. Maybe oh, yeah. one of the most despicable people on earth, but the actor, like his name is like Ewan Rayon or something like that. Sure is. Incredible. Incredible to stare at. Absolutely. Yeah. Just but, fascinating. Uh, I'm fascinated by everything he's doing on screen. Yes. Uh, Ritter is the. He is a great asshole. I mean, it, he does a great job with this role. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. And the dude that plays Cutter has been a villain in. Maybe every movie you've ever seen. Um, really yeah, <laughs> he's also got a really interesting look. He looks like he's like always chewing on scenery. Yeah, he was he was famously the judge from Ghostbusters. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Give me the chair, that guy. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's the Promethe Brothers. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's immediately always the movie. I think <laughs> a minute. Sadly enough. Uh, but yeah, he's been in a billion things. But this movie is full of character actors. Uh, because next up we meet fucking... Uh, oh, I should I should clarify. Uh, what feels like an hour into the movie, we meet uh, Willem Dafoe, who plays another <laughs> <Yeah>. major... <laughs> His character was just absolutely not introduced. I gotta say. I gotta say. When he, Man. When he showed up on my screen, I was like... Oh, he is in this movie. I forgot he was in this. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought yeah. he was a mercenary at first. And I was like, oh, they're hiring mercenaries to do this. What on earth? And then he's <gasps> training soldiers back at a base. I'm like, wait, he's allowed to... They, what? Yeah. <laughs> they're contracting they, outside. No, he's like a soldier, I they've guess. They've given him full military access. <laughs> like yeah. anything he wants, essentially. I guess and... he's a captain of sorts. I don't know what... I mean, I don't understand what his role is. Mm-hmm. Or what his title is. He's definitely in the military. Yeah. Uh, so, essentially, he's hired by Ritter because the president says that these drug cartels are uh, a clear and present danger. To the <laughs> hey, lays States. it out. <laughs> lays it out. Now, this is where I want to discuss how this movie is the most 90s movie I may have ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's got 90s problems. 90s technology, which you know I love. Man, uh, man. <laughs> I, I mean, love that it, actor who I would never know his name. I'm looking it up right now. Um, his name is Greg German, who's like the IT guy. <laughs> so yes, proud that of. guy. 
God, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna bring this up because when I every time I see him, this is all. This is the only role I remember him in. Are you ready for this? Sure. He plays the assistant to the head of the Good Guy Doll Company in Child's Play Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That is yeah. a real pull. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what I know him from specifically. He's just in everything he's 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 like just one of those people who pops up in all like the shows yeah. and one weird at one like episode out of nowhere and then oh there he is again hey he's what's a going good on? dickish white dude he plays mm-hmm. that pretty well yeah he's yeah, of I, a certain ilk i couldn't tell you like the main thing i know him from he's just from everything <laughs> well if it makes you feel better i only know him as the guy who gets killed first in john's yeah. play too yeah <laughs> the dickish. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we again, this movie is so 90s that I think it's to its detriment it's so 90s. Only because it's like, at the end of the day, the stakes here are a, a drug cartel. These are the most 90s world problems for the United States. The Cold War is over. So what are we worried about now? We're worried about the IRA. In Patriot Games, we're worried about the drug cartels in Colombia. Mm-hmm. There's no world terror. There's no world problems. It's only this. This and is we, what we're, we're so about. bothered by it that we got to go fucking bomb those yeah. assholes. <laughs> Not only is it problematic to us, but we got to go to a country that has nowhere near invaded the United States and destroy them. Yeah, Lord, and that's mercy. what the basis of this movie is. Not and again. I think we're going to talk a lot about the 90s technology that's in this movie, but uh, another thing that stands out, and for the audience trying to keep up with us so far, the president of the United States says drug cartels are a clear and present danger. Jack Ryan has to take over for James Earl Jones' character as head of intelligence for the CIA because James Earl Jones, unexplicitly, gets pancreatic cancer. Um, and as you've heard us talk about before, dies at a certain point in this movie. But so Jack Ryan takes over. The president sends Jack Ryan to uh, Bogota, Colombia. And Corey, you can tell the audience what happens from here. <laughs> well, well, just to note, just, the conceit is that, yes, the president says they're clear and present danger, but he tells Cutter this privately that they need to, what does he say? Do the thing I can't say, mm-hmm. which is yeah. go invade. And we find out later that he actually writes it down and signs yeah. uh, signs permission. So, yeah. cut, so at this point, Cutter and Ritter, the only two in that in their positions, and the president that know that they are going to be starting an illegal war. Uh, Jack is intentionally left out of it. Um, he is sent to um, the the committee chairs to. Gosh, what is he? He's like requesting money to aid in Colombia's. Yeah resistance efforts or something along those lines yeah it's the senate uh, intelligence committee okay yeah. and he requests 75 million dollars to aid the colombians uh it's really you know it seems like an important detail you might want to write down but let and me yeah. assure you it's not well <laughs> just to it helps to know that the reason that they are planning on Basically, if shit hits the fan, their plan is dependent on him, dependent on Jack, because he was the one who requested the money that they actually used in their illegal war. 
mm-hmm. which they don't really mention up top. Um, no, no. But it, they do later on, and if, I think it behooves, I think it behooves you, the audience, to know that that's <laughs> that's the conceit. Yeah. So, yeah. and and also, meanwhile, uh, Jack uh, goes to Bogota to investigate um, the the dead man's that they got from the yacht. His his account. Mm-hmm. They go to investigate to see if they can take the money from it, which I was also like, there's a part of the president's like, we're going to get that money, right? That's $650 million. That's ours, right? Like, Corey, why do you think like, that's yours? <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this up. It is a major note I wrote down. Why? The fact that this, that the president, the president of the United States is sweating $650 million <laughs> is so insane to me i love just that he was just like idea and make sure we go get that money because that's ours like why is that yours that's, yeah. that's like, the guy apparently wasn't like a diplomat he was just a friend of yours you, that doesn't mean yeah. that, that the well, american government just gets his money yeah we're gonna give this to the american people i would argue that they spent 650 million dollars in time and resources for this stupid fucking war yeah. like jesus christ they, they do a military exercise that requires a giant bomb going off. It's that that giant bomb might have cost two hundred million dollars. So, it's very weird that the president is really sweating this six hundred fifty million. And and, yeah. and for people who can't put it into context, in nineteen ninety four, <laughs> the GDP of the United States was around uh ten trillion dollars. So the idea that six hundred fifty million is any part of this president's worry is kind of funny to me. Oh man! So at this point, they send <laughs> they send Clark to Bogota, and I, I may be getting my timeline mixed up, but James L. Jones' character tells him to meet with someone he knows named Clark, mm. played by Willem Dafoe. Yeah, we've already met Willem Dafoe. He's tasked to. Uh, lead a group of men in this war effort the mission is called reciprocity we find that out later mm-hmm. anyway jack meets clark and they don't really talk about much that i can no. even recall he tells them he even like tells them something about the coffee factory maybe i that part is a yeah that part is a little bit a little bit hazy what what I put together when the movie was over, because I didn't feel like I was catching on to it when it was happening, but I think Willem Dafoe is leading him down the path of this coffee company is who Escobar, whose real name, whose name in this right. movie I can't remember, but who owns this coffee company, you should do some research into it. And, and of course, Jack Ryan finds out, oh, they... The rich guy that was murdered, he has been... Uh, Spending a lot money. of money on coffee, yes. yeah. Yeah, so, laundering the money. I wasn't sure if he already knew that. I couldn't remember if he knew that and then was asking about the coffee. coffee. I don't know. Any, But but yeah. Willem's, Willem Dafoe's character sort of helps him. Yeah. And then meanwhile, he is also recruiting um, some soldiers, one of them being Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. A true 90s actor. <laughs> and also, again. Eagle Eyes, Clark Gregg, Phil Coulson himself. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, Phil Coulson <laughs> makes an appearance. Very yeah. briefly. This movie is chock full of character actors. Yeah. There's barely an actor that's not probably fairly famous today that's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy the guy who plays Escobeda's pretty prolific. Um they they're they're meeting this sniper who's otherworldly good at sneaking yeah, we, up. We spend a good 
I'd say 30 minutes on the sniper team. Um. <laughs> He's eating cheeseburgers out there and littering. But that actor yes. is also, you know, he's, he's, they're all character yeah. actors. They're just in a lot of stuff. Yeah, Nothing, that's Ray- they never Raymond let him Cruz. in. Yeah. yeah, Raymond Cruz is that guy. He was, uh, uh, I forget his name, but Breaking Bad recently. It was great in Breaking Bad. Oh, but... shoot. You're right. That's um, tu- mm-hmm. Tuco? Is that Tuco? Yes, that's him. Yeah. That is him. Tuco Salamanca. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, way too much screaming in that sniper scene hurt my ears a little bit. <laughs> I didn't appreciate any of that. Um, but yeah, so we get a big sniper scene, we're, and it's a setup to follow this character the whole time, Yeah, is basically what it is. And we're, I guess, as far as the main cast of soldiers go, we're keeping up with him. We want to know... Right. Just yeah. him, really. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin Brad is kind of a side <laughs> i really thought we'd see more heavy he's just kind of he's yeah. kind of there in the background a lot yeah that's what's weird about movies like this when you go back in time and look at them and you're like oh all these favorite famous actors i guess i need to keep up with benjamin bratt no no don't have you don't, to you don't really need to <laughs> no he does he does do okay thank goodness he's for benjamin he does yeah. he, he makes it <laughs> um, you know who another guy in this movie is like that do you do you know uh dean jones uh, he was Jones. uh he was the older guy kind of sounds like John uh, Jimmy Stewart who introduces J- uh, Jack to his new office yeah okay, okay yeah 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 that guy he was also the bad guy in Beethoven if you remember that movie <laughs> he was the evil vet from Beethoven I gotta tell you I don't remember much about Beethoven it's not oh, one well it's a great movie. I, I've seen it as a child, but it doesn't seem doesn't seem like if I watched it now, I would uh, enjoy it. I probably wouldn't either. Um, <laughs> I might not but, have even um, enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, is, so is that, that John Lithgow? Is he is he leading that? No, is he? No, it's uh, what's Uh-oh. his face, right? I can't wait till you get this. Yeah, you know who it is. Yeah, he just passed away, right? Mm-hmm. Gosh, what is his name? It's the Groden. Charles Grode. That's mm-hmm. right. You might remember him from his masterpiece, Clifford, with uh, Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah. If no one's ever seen Clifford, the the absolute bravery, I don't even want to say bravery, but the balls it took to be like, we're going to make Martin Short play a child, <laughs> and we're, we're going to take it absolutely seriously that he is a child in this movie. <laughs> he really, I mean, Martin Short took some swings. <laughs> Jeez. That might have been his biggest. All right, so we got Clifford. But no, Dean Jones is another one of these guys. Dean Jones was literally in every Disney movie ever made, almost. Um, and he had a big stage career. But when we see him, again, I was like, oh, shit, Dean Jones. This is going to be, I want to see what he has to do. He introduces Jack, shows Jack around his office, and is that's, never seen again. That's why I had to look. I was like, what are you, who's, which guy is this? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. not in the movie, really. Yeah. I mean, he's a huge actor, and he's just like, all right, Jack, this is your office. I won't be coming back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of that, um, Ann Archer, who plays uh, Kathy Ryan, Jack Ryan's wife. Yes. Enormous role in Patriot Games. Yes, she did. Very small role in this movie. I yeah, I was reading some of the trivia about this. Apparently, she's not very happy with this movie because a lot of her part got cut, and that makes sense. Um, I think tell. she's a great actor, but I don't think she was. I think she was also very much phoning it in. Yeah, <laughs> she did not yeah. seem like she wanted or needed to be there. No, 
And I really got to get to a part in this movie that blew my mind for her acting, but... Uh, so, yeah. Oh, I think I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely know a part you're talking yeah. about. And mm-hmm. I think it's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So... So, yeah, like Cora was saying, we... So, apparently, uh, the guy, Clark, who plays... He's played by Willem Dafoe. He gets this military team together, and they start blowing up and destroying all of these... Uh, cocaine factories and things owned by Escobar. And again, I want to just point out this was maybe an hour into the movie and it took me a second to really recap for myself. Oh yeah, the president wants this to happen. That's why they're blowing it up. Okay. Yeah. I again, if it's I clear in present danger. It is. And if I haven't said it before, folks, this movie is a slow burn. It really is. <laughs> Until uh, all of a sudden it's just like yeah. what on earth? Mm-hmm. So I want to jump to the uh, that part because yeah, I, mean, I think we're basically much... there. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, just talking and planning in this movie. But finally, what occurs is is we oh oh we got to make it bring up this lady who you think is going to have a big part in this movie, but does uh, oh, not. <laughs> like her um, name, what is it, Kara Wolfson or something Mora, like that? Moira, 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 yeah. <laughs> And they set something up here that made me laugh later on in the movie. But there's the FBI director's executive secretary is Mor- named Moira. Uh, the assistant to Escobar, one of the 500 characters you need to remember in this movie, he is uh, what used to be Cuban intelligence. He is now, quote-unquote, dating Mora or using her because of her access to this FBI director. So... <laughs> Mora, uh, I don't know how to put this. Mora is hurting. She's, <laughs> she's yeah. thirsty. She's yeah. thirsty. And she's yeah. like an unwitting um, correspondent or, or I guess mole. Accomplice, yeah. Yeah. She uh, has no idea. Mm-hmm. And she, think, she thinks he's just a super sexy Spanish guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the funniest thing to me about all this was... Moira meets up with uh, Ann Archer's character at a restaurant, and I'm not going to lie to you. When all this was happening, I was like, who the fuck are all these people? Yeah, I agree. I agree. (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ. So she meets up with Ann Archer at the restaurant, and Ann Archer kind of sees him but doesn't, and (laughs) Moira says that he is like the Spanish Jack Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it doesn't help that – so his name is Cortez – and yeah. I would say he's more like the consigliere to Escobeda. Like True. he's, and um, and we haven't really mentioned it. His his side plot is that he wants to take over Escobeda's exploits. Mm-hmm. He wants to kill him and take over his business. Yeah. And so a lot of the moving parts in Bogota are because of Cortez, especially the one we're about to get to. We keep teeing it up. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, but and I, I was going to say, forgot about. So I'm glad you remembered. Um. I was going to say Cortez is doing like a Clark Kent thing where when he's with Moira, his hair is completely different than when he's in it the rest is. of the movie. And so it, I actually did not connect that it was the same guy at first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a new character to... that I'm supposed to remember. I'm supposed to know now. But the fact that she said he's the Spanish Jack Ryan, it's like doesn't he look like Jack? No. Absolutely. Moira. <laughs> You desperate bitch. No, he does not. <laughs> and, and also, stop. do you want to fuck my husband? <laughs> yeah. That's all I would have gotten from that. Are you trying to fuck Jack, Moira? 
you absolute weirdo? <laughs> and I think we should also mention, since we're, we've already talked about the absolute 90s of this entire movie, a major plot point involves an answering machine that belongs to Mora. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a flub, dude. Way to go, yeah. bud. A fucking answering machine plays a Ugh. big part in this movie. So, uh, so yes. Yeah, so, he visits Moira. I'm not sure why he visits her this time. It doesn't seem important to the whole plot of the movie. But she says he looks like the Spanish Jack Ryan. And meanwhile, uh, Jack finds that the money was being laundered, the $650 million. And again, this fucking president wants that 650 He wants that 650 so he tells Jack to tell the Colombian government that the U.S. is going to take it. Jack is like, I'm not a negotiator. I'm just an analyst. Something he says a billion times across the span of three movies. And uh, the president says, okay, I'm going to send the FBI director, the director of the FBI down to negotiate this. Which is like, uh, sure. Okay. Why wouldn't you just send, I don't know, maybe the secretary of state. But Corey, listen, I, you know. I don't write the movie. Gotta go big. Gotta go ham. Yeah. John Milius did. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, he tells the uh, FBI director to go down to Columbia, meet up with Jack Ryan, and get this $650 million. We gotta get that. That's our money. (laughs) And... I will say a note that I wrote down is the fu- one of the funnier things is the the eloquent question a news reporter asked the president of the United States when he does a press conference. The reporter asked, "What's our cut?" Yeah. <laughs> what were the nineties? Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I love a good eloquent question. Yeah, I know, Corey. Not eloquent. No, no, no. Not where I'm from. Not eloquent. Not where I'm from, Corey. Eloquent. <laughs> eloquent. You thought oh I was going to you thought I was gonna walk over that, but I chose not to. I was going to return to it eventually, but I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you're there. So, yeah. Uh, uh, quite elo- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Corey, you almost had a walk-off home run with eloquent, and then... <laughs> I gotta ruin it. If I don't ruin it, it's not funny for me. That's fair enough. It's fair enough, Corey. Uh, so, yeah. What is our cut? What's Which our cut? Is... Hey, that money's ours, right? Yeah, I've been saying so the whole time. Glad y'all are with me. Look, I'm risking hundreds and hundreds of lives and spending billions of dollars to get this $650 million. Also, what president would go on and literally just talk about the exact thing he was doing? We're going to send them. We're going to get the money. <laughs> Why would you? I think that I think you could add on to that and say, what president would do hold a press conference just to tell the press, "Hey, there's a drug dealer in Colombia, and we're going to take a bank account of his." I don't think that's uh, presidential worthy. Seems like he would be a little bit busier. Yeah. But nonetheless. Uh. So yeah. So FBI director comes down, and again, I don't know what our mark we are in the movie but this is maybe the most exciting part of the entire movie i would argue it's it's definitely right about halfway Mm -hmm. i think yeah uh again it feels like it came way too late and yet at the same time a little too early it's (laughs) when you peak right there that's pretty bad but so Corey, break down what goes on when the fbi director shows up well, it, it's got one of those very 90s characteristic scenes. So they're all in a 
carpool. Well, carpool is not the right thing. Right. What, I mean, do, what do you call it's a that? Motorcade. A, motorcade. a motorcade. Thank you so much. There's a they're, they're in a motorcade. Jack Ryan um, and the FBI director. I believe they're in two separate cars. By the way, Jack meets like an old friend of his by the name of Dan that we haven't met yet. And we're supposed to form a, an emotional connection in 30 seconds with this guy. Right away with Dan. You gotta... Dan God, is... I love Dan. This character's great. <laughs> I hope nothing bad happens to Dan. To Dan. Well, they, uh, they find themselves down an alleyway uh, before being unceremoniously chased by uh, a, a policeman on a dirt bike, not like a motorcycle. No. <laughs> it was very obviously a bad guy. And... Yeah. Um, they lead them into basically a, a kill zone uh, where they shut off the entrance and exit to this alley and men with RPGs and machine guns rain hellfire on this murder game. <laughs> if, let, me say, let me tell you something. When he, I saw the first bazooka, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And then when nine people showed up with bazookas, I was like, holy How fuck. How many <laughs> RPG missiles did they have? There's got to be... Was, I was blown away by that. Uh, well, several people were as well. <laughs> yeah. God damn, that's a good one, Corey. Um, uh, I'm looking yeah. at the kill count on because I found this thing that had kill count. Twenty eight oh. people. Twenty eight people in that motorcade because shit. viewers, not one person survived except Jack Ryan. Well, they go yeah. on to say they say like there's some injured, but from what we see, no it one survived. Like everybody died, and I. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Corey if I have stressed this enough. They're shooting missiles at SUVs, and uh, first of all, you mentioned earlier that they were all in separate cars. I didn't put that together because when you get that many white dudes that look the exact same, exactly. it's hard to distinguish who's yeah. in what car. So when that first car blows up, I was like, "Holy fuck!" And then. <laughs> When they just start shooting missiles, and somehow that first car is turned to dust immediately. Right, Jack, right. Jack's car gets hit gets and is hit. minimal damage. He gets minimal. hit and he's still driving it. The tires didn't even flatten. No. It still works. The whole front should be smithereens, and yet it's yeah. still drivable. Still drivable. Jack is able to make it. The FBI director's car gets hit with a another fucking missile. He doesn't turn to dust <laughs> no, somehow. He's, he's still somehow kind of alive. <laughs> yeah. Jack drags him, uh, again, a full body. You would expect he'd have a fucking Saving Private Ryan half body drag him behind him. But no, it's a full body of the FBI director who dies. Um, yeah. And we also get a very 90s slow motion run in this scene. Mm -hmm. uh, Harrison Ford really is delivering in that part. But... Uh, yeah just waiting on this scene he's like okay i'm gonna i'll act a little bit here yeah all right i'm gonna give my big performance but again it, it's weird how harrison ford plays this character as a very meek and restrained and then when he gets in these action scenes he is like a superhero that's, he knows how to drive he knows how to fight yeah, it's that weird. seems to be consistent across the all of the jack ryan things that he's like he just wants to be an analyst but he does know how to handle himself apparently so yes yeah. it's an interesting thing mm. i i'm guessing that's how tom clancy wrote it i've never read a jack ryan book um i've never read tom clancy so there's that. i read i feel like i read rainbow six and mm. I'm, i there's a different main character that i don't know i don't remember the name but that's i read that when i was in high school so i don't i couldn't tell you a thing about it 
Well, knowing that it's Tom Clancy and knowing his belief system, I'm guessing it's about uh, six friends who attend a Pride event. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Very good. And unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of RPGs. Oh, damn. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, Tom. Well, Tom, dang it, dude. God. <laughs> you write a nice story, you <laughs> asshole. Um, but yeah, so again, this is the most exciting part of this movie, I think. And yeah. what follows it did make me laugh out loud. And it's Harrison Ford is contacting. Yes, yes. I knew this wife. is what you're talking Yeah. God. <laughs> Harrison Ford contacts his wife, who is very clearly seeing all this carnage occur on the television. And Ann Archer gives the most muted performance for a woman whose husband might have been murdered in Colombia. She could not have given a shit what happened to Jack She's, Ryan. Don't tell me you're a part of this. It's like, dang it! Come on, Kath! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> If that was me, I would like, I'm going to hang up and call you again. Please just act like you're a little bit concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Could you maybe worry? Are you worried at all that I got hurt? Like, you fucking hey, asshole. Um, pretty much everyone else is dead. They say there's some injured, but I saw everyone die. Um, yeah. I'm not great right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just barely made it. A missile was shot at a car I was in. Uh, you know, having a rough day here. <laughs> Things are tough for me right now. Yeah, she, her reaction to all this was hilarious to me. Just, ugh, this again. <laughs> well, I like the idea that, so there's, back to Patriot Games, there's a part where he has to go back into, let's say the suck, back into the suck. He's kind of living on the outskirts with his family. Um, he just has his, back to his analyst job, but, but Greer pulls him back in because of the IRA thing. And there's a part where she's like, I can't go back to that life. And in this movie, I guess the conceit is he's fully back in the CIA, uh, and she just must be just live it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. I guess she is not happy about any of it. Yeah. Uh, But again, you would expect she'd be a little concerned, (laughs) but not at all. Not at all. If you have anything to say other than I'm safe at home in bed, (laughs) I'm so mad at you. (laughs) Kathy, I'm missing a leg. It blew up in an RPG. You bastard. <laughs> hey, Kathy. Just let me tell you how my fucking day went. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so glad that we thought that's like that. I'm when, so glad. When you, you, were were like, you were like, there's a line read. I was like, oh, that's the line read. Yep. <laughs> yeah, talk about phoning it in. I'm going to go ahead and say she was as well. <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, I, um, honestly, I don't remember what happens next. <laughs> Here's the sad part, Corey. Me either. Oh, man. I think he goes back to Washington at this point. Oh, I think. God. Well, so, okay, so simultaneously, and this is such a super, super dumb thing, Cortez decides to kill Moira. He uses oh, her yeah. as an unwitting mole. He finds out that the FBI, direct, FBI director is going to Bogota, and that's how mm-hmm. he knows. So he says, oh, I need to go take care of uh business or something yeah. <laughs> kind of some know. loose ends and he I goes go in the middle of the woods and murder this poor yeah. woman snaps her neck <laughs> in a super weird way but it's the same day that the motorcade attack happens so jack puts together what mm-hmm. she was killed by a random person oh the same okay day. 
Sorry, audience, we're back. Yes, so yeah. when Ann Archer, who is still not excited to see her husband, <laughs> when he arrives back in the country, uh, in the car, she just has a throwaway line where she says, uh, you know, it's weird that he died and his secretary died on the same day. <laughs> Someone that she was seemingly friends with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty yes. weird. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty kooky. <laughs> and then, of course, Harrison Ford has a big, do what? And <laughs> Do what now? <laughs> She was moitered, and you're just saying it so casually. Moira's, Moira was Moy was moitered. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, uh, so yeah, Moira was murdered. And, Corey, this gentleman, where do Because they go to Moira's apartment, and we get another character actor, bald guy <laughs> with a mustache, yeah. who yeah. I'm trying to remember what his major role is. Uh, I don't even remember... I, don't, I can't even see his face right now in my head for some reason. I see. mean, he feel, it feels like he plays the same character in every single movie. <laughs> uh, a southern police officer type, but... God, I can't remember his name. I'm desperately trying to look it up. Uh, Rex Lynn. Oh my god, Rex. Yep, that's him. Uh, he was in the movie Rush Hour? Rush, he was, yeah, I know him from Rush Hour for sure. Holy shit, yeah, he's pretty much a cop in every movie yeah. I'm looking at here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Also in uh, Better Call Saul, uh, well, yeah, been in a million things. So uh, he basically gets three lines in this movie, and this is where this answer machine message that he, that uh, Cortez, yep, that's him, uh, leaves Moira, uh, comes into play. And then we get introduced to some more 90s technology, (laughs) (laughs) where you can take that voice uh, give it to this gentleman that works in a, a voice recognition office. Yet another famous, this <laughs> another analyst. Another famous dude. Another famous dude. Uh, his name is another... Bondi Curtis Hall. Also yep. just been in so many things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. Speaking of Boss Lerman, there we go. <laughs> he sure the hell was. He was uh, the prince in yeah, that movie. Yeah, he That's sure right. was. Uh <laughs> You know, we tie it all back together, guys. You know, we've we always we always meant to do it with Bondi Curtis Hall. That was our plan <laughs> yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you didn't think it was going to happen, I'm glad we were able to do that for you. Uh, yeah, Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> Who, I'm sure if he did listen, uh, cut it off hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, if he didn't, I'm very surprised. Um, speaking of which, I really haven't got a phone call from Blaine or Jill. I hope... <laughs> everything's okay <laughs> i do too guys yeah give us a call yeah we are waiting I mean, this is bad <laughs> this ain't good uh do yep, not so go to any to coffee this... factories pretty god you don't <laughs> go to coffee factories <laughs> yeah here's a little sidestep just what this fucking uh, podcast needs right now but uh <laughs> um <laughs> uh i remember i had to do something for uh, my college spanish class and my teacher was from Colombia, and uh, oddly enough, part of some report I had to do all in Spanish was about Colombia. And she had the greatest line ever about it. She said, um, after I was done and everything, she told the whole classroom. She was like, "And just to let everybody know, if you ever do go to Colombia, never, ever." leave the cities <laughs> like oh jesus okay you gotta yeah. teach <laughs> she's like look i lived there don't leave the cities <laughs> stay put yeah 
Uh, and I gotta tell you, from that moment on, never even kind of had a desire to visit Colombia. So, uh, yep. So that's where we're at. My Spanish teacher, she did great job, and <laughs> I certainly cannot remember. Oh yes, here we are. So yeah, we get yeah. to him. He is able, just with his ears, guys, determine that this is the same person. Yeah. While at the same time, this machine determines it's a ninety percent match with this guy named Cortez. Well, he already had a recording randomly of Cortez from yep. something else. How did they? Where did that recording? Did they just so they tracked it and then and then he was able to somehow take the two recordings and figure out his identity, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what it was? I just remembered. Cortez used Escobar's phone for some reason, and they got intercepted that and was able to match them together. Okay. Now, here's the thing, guys. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> so, they're able to match the voice from the answering machine. Uh, use this uh, very nifty uh, computer system to determine that it's him. And then, is it at this point that Cortez meets with uh, Cutter? And again, folks, if you can't keep up with any of the characters we're talking about, Neither can we. So well, well, I think it's it's so. I want to say it's it's either before or right after the retaliation that America does. So they obviously want to retaliate I about this part. Yeah, yeah, and um, I believe that Escobeda is being blamed for the attack. But viewers, we don't realize this yet. It was actually Cortez who put the whole thing together, mm-hmm. and uh, he is trying to meet with the. The Joint Chiefs of the Columbia Cartel. (laughs) I got to tell you, I mean, the organization hierarchy that occurs within these uh, cocaine dealers is astounding. Yeah, well, that meeting does not get a chance to take place because uh, they're bombed. Do smithereens. We should also probably mention that giant fucking uh, 4x4 yellow truck that shows up. What a great target, though. (laughs) Yeah, it was perfect. I love that. Gosh, so so it's played off as they thought it was a car bomb, and it takes Jack to to tell him like that don't look like a car bomb, y'all. It doesn't look anything like a car bomb. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then he puts together that okay, so something should be. Not many up. car bombs can destroy an entire complex. But yeah. All right. He's like, why would the car still be in the crater if it was a car bomb, y'all? <laughs> why indeed? Yeah. Um, and in case we didn't mention. <laughs> They send out the Air Force to drop a fucking missile on the top of this uh, drug dealer's home. Yeah. Uh, it kills so pretty much everybody, including, including children. Including women and children. Yeah. yeah. But not Escobeda and Cortez, who were just driving up and somehow just missed it. You know, that justified every time I've ever been late to anything. I was like, you know what? Sometimes <laughs> Thank God for it's that. okay to be late. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to be late sometimes, guys. And uh, so, yeah, this is where Cortez... Straight up just calls Cutter and says, let's meet up. Let's talk. (laughs) Here's the thing. It seems like you have a little um, beef with me. So let's talk this through. But Cutter doesn't realize that Jack's already got the DEA uh, monitoring and surveilling Cortez. Mm -hmm. So a lot of moving parts here. (laughs) One would argue, way too many. (laughs) So when Cutter and Cortez meet up in this hotel room... Uh, the DEA records the entire conversation in which C- Cortez essentially says, 
I want Escobar dead, and I want to take over his business, and in return, I will lower intake into your country by 50%, and you can get all these headlines by arresting drug dealers and things like that. Which is probably a good deal, I guess. Uh, I mean... It's a weird deal to take, though, if you're still an American diplomat. Be like, well, um, it's also an can illegal... you just do anything else? <laughs> it's an illegal deal to make, too. We should yeah. probably not <laughs> bad deal across the board, babe. Yeah, yeah. So Cutter's uh, pretty deep in this, um, and I and this trying part... to think what escalates from here. Well, um... so Ryan is now on to Ritter and Cutter. And we didn't mention that they have offices across from each other, which is convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. And yeah. man, oh man, our guy, our IT guy, whatever his name is, Phil German or something like that, he says he develops a way to hack into Ritter's computer, but he <laughs> neglects to mention that that Jack has to wait until he signs off, otherwise he'll see everything he's doing. Yeah. Again, <laughs> the most nineties. So stupid. <laughs> And not to mention, they're working off MS-DOS computers, which is the most wild thing to see in this movie. Uh, but <laughs> the idea that Jack Ryan's just like, hey, I need to get into his computer. And just the idea that this super intelligent CIA IT guy is just like, ooh, that seems hard, man. <laughs> that seems so hard. Uh, especially in today's standards where all you really have to be is on the same network and you can do that. But again, different oh, my, world. I mean, I'm just, uh, uh, why I didn't, wasn't explained that Jack couldn't have just logged out temporarily and re-logged back in. No, he's like, oh, I'm in it, man. Gotta start downloading these files. Here. Hey, I got an even better question. What would stop Jack from getting this guy? To just open his computer and start printing things off in his own office. Yeah. What, what's the holdup on that? Um, I, it just, but it leads to a confrontation because Ritter sees Jack doing doing some some copying, and Ritter starts <laughs> deleting everything. But Jack's able to print one thing out regarding uh, reciprocity and how they use yeah. Clark. And he comes across just yelling like the oldest man I've ever seen. I've got you. <laughs> You're going to jail, pal. <laughs> it's like, okay. By the way, Harrison, you might want to be a little cautious with that paper you're yeah, holding you're so tightly. Up. And also maybe maybe keep some things close to the chest. Don't just tell him your whole plan. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. Just, you laid, just you laid it, it out all there. out there. He knows everything now, bud. Yeah. You really gave him uh, the game plan, Harrison. That ain't good. And so Ritter, straight out of Lethal Weapon Tool, tool <laughs> straight out of Lethal Weapon Tool, pulls out a, basically, uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card, he calls it, signed by the president. The president Diplomatic has immunity! Signed... <laughs> <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, he, uh, Ritter's already got a fucking signed pardon, uh, just waiting. Ready to like, go. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, reminds me of another president. I oh, Jesus, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Who is throwing out pardons, or thinks he can throw out pardons left and right. But uh, we're not talking about that guy. We're talking about this movie. So yeah, We're talking about Donald Moffat. <laughs> Very similar <laughs> yeah. president. Different Donald. Different Donald. <laughs> Different, but same. Yeah. Um, uh, even though Donald Moffat is a complete uh, sleazo dupe. <laughs> I'll take him in a heartbeat over what, <laughs> <laughs> over the other one, Donald. Uh, 
so at this point, uh, boy, oh, this well, is where isn't this where he goes and visits James Earl Jones for the last time, and and he, well, I think it was it would have been before this scene probably, because okay. and and James basically tells him, you owe it to your country, not the people you work for. Your boss is the people, uh, and so he so Jack commits to doing the right thing, and simultaneously. Because of Cutter's agreement with Cortez, they basically sell out their uh, team in Bogota and yeah. and just give them over to the, the cartel uh, and gets most of them killed. Yeah, and we should also probably point out, because we haven't mentioned him in a while, but neither did the movie, Clark, played by Willem Dafoe, doesn't know this. No. he's yeah. I, And so he's trying to contact his men and they just cut off his remote access. So they are just getting massacred, and they all get captured, including Benjamin Bratt, except for our sniper. Yes. Uh, and then at this point, what? Okay, so we know Ryan goes back. Do you remember what the inciting incident was to get him back down there? I think it's just because of his fight with Ritter, he realized that they were not going to get the men out. Ritter basically mm-hmm. just said, I'm, I don't give a shit. Um, and. <laughs> And then, so he says, well, I'm going to go save them. Uh, and But Ritter calls calls Clark and says, it was all Jack's fault. He mm-hmm. he pulled your men out. He, he, pulled, he, he pulled the plug. Your men are dead because of him. And now he's coming down there to, what, what was the reason I, he, he told Clark that job with that? Boy, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel important, does it? No. <laughs> it just doesn't feel important. Uh, so, yeah, at that point... Uh, Jack Ryan goes down to Bogota, and Willem Dafoe is in a murderous rage about He's all of this. Fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah, he did not like that all his men are dead, which uh, understandable. Very. So Jack shows up, but uh, they get the old uh, trickery on, and uh, Clark calls Ritter in the middle of the night, um, and essentially tells him that he killed Jack Ryan and that he wants the op turned back on. Yes, that's it. And Ritter just hangs up the phone, breaking contact. And at Officially, that point, Cl- yeah, yeah. And at that point, Clark realizes, oh, Ritter is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And we see that Jack Ryan's not dead. And then they go on an adventure, <laughs> I'm going to call it. <laughs> I don't have another word for it. Yeah, they go pay two, $2 million for an old helicopter in a very silly scene that just did, yeah. not, did not make sense. No, and really like, added I on. I do not to care the... about that scene at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not at all. And really added on to the runtime in a way that shouldn't have happened. So we we get like just a drunk pilot, a pointless character, maybe the most pointless character I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Why did we need a guy who is slightly unreliable? Just just get just get the helicopter there. Uh, yeah, I don't need to get a another character. In the middle of the third act, <laughs> that yeah. I'm I might need to care about when I've just been introduced to literally 300 characters that I'm supposed to remember. So I didn't need that guy. Didn't but need I, him I, I love the part where so they get the the helicopter. They call it a Huey. I like that. Never. Heard. I feel like maybe I've heard that before, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, and they go straight to where the rendezvous point would have been, and Chavez is just, just waiting there. Um, mm-hmm. and he immediately runs at Clark and starts to strangle him. And yeah. Jack has to step in and go, it's not his fault. 
it's mine. And I was just like, no, it isn't. (laughs) It's not your fault. Why would you could have just like, listen, we're all here together. It's these fucking assholes back in the States. We're going to get you. You're going to come along and you can come kill these two jokers. Look, I was just supposed to get $650 million. That's all I was supposed to do. (laughs) I am an analyst. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe he didn't mention it four times. Um, But uh, I also was just so utterly confused by the outfits in this final act here. Because Harrison Ford has on a straight-up jacket with a button-up shirt in the middle of the jungle with a sweatband around his neck. It's like, hey... Why don't you take a layer off? Take a layer off, man. Yeah. Seems like it's, it's too hot. It's okay. It's Columbia. Yeah. You've been here before. <laughs> but then what even shook me up It was real hot more. last time. Fiery yeah. hot. <laughs> what shook me up even more is that Cortez has on a full fucking leather jacket in this next scene, which is... It was like, I don't know what the weather's like in Columbia, apparently, because it's either a brisk chill or it is unbearably hot. I, I don't know what way these people are going with this. And we haven't mentioned, so that guy's name is Joaquim de Almeida, and he's from Desperado. Yes, he and, is. And uh, he, he's just got that look. Like, I'm almost waiting for him to put a leather jacket on. <laughs> yeah. Or an all-white suit, which he also <laughs> pulls cream. off very well. Yeah, a cream suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the minute I saw him, I said, oh, Desperado. Uh, but again, I had... T- 12 other characters to remember at the time but yeah. anyway so yeah so ryan meets up with escobar lets him know what it's... the plan is <laughs> oh i'm not even trying to learn his name Corey. i i, I thought i, I made I've that let clear. it go through so many times and i wonder yeah. if you're joking i don't no, know no. so I... <laughs> I am not learning the name <laughs> to me it's escobar period <laughs> that's who he was definitely based on that's what i'm going with so yeah. He meets up with Escobar and basically tells him Cortez's plan. They go to wherever Cortez is and they have a showdown, essentially. Where uh, I really thought Cortez was about to get beat to death with a bat, which I would have been all for. That would have been interesting to see. I mean, I love their little exchanges. Like, he's lying. He's an intelligence officer. He's like, you're an intelligence officer. <laughs> yeah. I wish in that at that moment, Escobar would have looked at Cortez and said, you're the Spanish Jack Ryan. You're the exact same thing. <laughs> this movie has gone out of its way to, to prove make that. this happen. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has really done yeah. a lot to hammer that thought home. I mean, uh, so and just when you think Escobeda has the upper hand, and he does, mm-hmm. uh, one of Cortez's men, the same motorcycled man, with a mustache comes in and shoots up the whole room, except yeah. for except for Jack Ryan and Cortez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the main two <laughs> that we need to keep up with. Thankfully, our sniper is in the hills, uh, just doing just enough shooting. Yeah, <laughs> nowhere near enough, but just enough. <laughs> just just enough. You know what? He could have shot that guy and Cortez. <laughs> Done deal. Because I don't know if you remember, Corey, but they spent about 30 minutes of this movie telling me what an astounding sniper he is. So <laughs> He's just really sneaky. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird that he just didn't go through with that. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, now we have a runaround. I just want to say this. For this to be our final action piece, it really sucked. This it's, final action piece was not good. It's not a whole lot of action. No. 
it's really shitty back and forth running. Uh, some hide and go seek grab ass bullshit with Jack and Clark against Cortez. Anyway, they release Benjamin Bratt and another prisoner who we've never met. The only mm-hmm. person in this movie we don't know. Yep. Um, <laughs> so they release him. They are able to escape in the helicopter with the drunk pilot that we were introduced to. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, <laughs> they leave Jack to fight Cortez. Right. And Jack thinks he kills him just because some logs fell on him. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. why, why? You couldn't just lifted one of those logs and bashed his fucking brains in. <laughs> like, just took care of him. <laughs> that would have been a wild scene. <laughs> just make sure he's dead, please. I would have given more money to watch Jack Ryan <laughs> pick up a log and beat this man to death. <laughs> Him just like climbing through the rafters. That would have taken like foundation. five minutes while like, dude, Buddy's alive down there for sure. Yeah, there's no way that killed him, man. There's absolutely no way. Uh, so at this point, Jack gets on the roof. There's this big epic uh, helicopter scene, and if you've ever seen the movie Platoon. And Willem Dafoe is in, yeah. <laughs> when you see Willem Dafoe near a, a moving helicopter, you get some flashbacks. Shit's scary. But Shit's scary. Yeah, it's scary stuff. Um, so there's... Uh, Harrison Ford gets on the roof. He gets grabbed by Clark, and they're starting to fly away, but here comes Cortez back on the roof. And for to be our main bad guy, gets the most unceremonious death maybe in a movie (laughs) what if what if like because he gets shot from the helicopter yeah um and just falls back so quick but i really wish he would have done like a willem dafoe style death and just (laughs) y'all y'all yeah yeah like held his arms up in the air yeah Yeah. (laughs) just really drove it home was like we're referencing that y'all yeah you remember this movie (laughs) you remember yeah Uh, yeah he just gets shot and he falls over he's dead (laughs) yeah and that's it we head back to Washington for the 800th time, where Jack is waiting to meet with the President of the United States, and Ritter and Cutter walk out of the room. And uh, at that point, uh, they give a look to each other. <laughs> no one's acknowledging that everybody knows an, an insanely illegal activity just occurred. Uh, Jack was almost murdered. I mean, it's very interesting. But then oh, we have... Uh, one of them <laughs> conspired to kill Jack. Yeah, let's not forget that. <laughs> They wanted him to die. They that sent is, him down here to die. Yeah. That's that's the wildest thing. Yeah. Uh, they essentially had plotted a murder of another agent in the field. So at this point, Jack goes to confront the president. And all I'll say this. I know I haven't touched back on it, but very milius stuff. This, this all politicians, all politicians are terrible people. Don't trust the government, all that. You can just feel Milius's hand in all of this. So when he goes in there and the president does this very politician thing of like, hey, just be cool, man. Don't sweat the shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's gravy, baby. It's gravy, man. (laughs) Hey, you do a favor for me, I do a favor for you. (laughs) I was like, what? He really is just kind of like, you know what? I didn't know about any of this shit. How yeah. could I have known? I, I mean, I was waiting for this conversation because Harrison Ford is having none of it. He's yeah. like, do not give me that. Yeah. Uh, we get a great line from Harrison Ford that I'm probably going to bring up later. Yeah. But I will say that, well, I'll bring it up when we talk about lines. But it, it's a decent 
bit of business in the Oval Office, but it it ends with Jack basically saying, "I hey, I'm I'm a fucking great guy. I'm not taking any deals. I'm gonna go talk to the Senate. Uh, what it what what committee was it? The Oversight Committee. Or the something Oversight. Like that, yeah. Yes, thank you. The Senate Oversight Committee, and we get a smash cut to. Jack Ryan, he gets sworn in to the Senate committee, and we get fucking credits. Well, the thing is, is that the president laid out exactly what would have happened. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. president would have been found not culpable. Yeah, Ritter and, um, and Cutter would have gotten a slap on the wrist, and all the blame would have been transferred over to Greer and Ryan. And, um, and nothing yeah. would really have happened to the three main conspirators. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's pretty probably true. Yeah. Did you uh, read what happens to Cutter in the book? No. And I can't believe they didn't put it in the movie, because that would have been incredible. I love his little sit-down in his chair, though, when, when Ryan walks out of the Yeah, he, he knows it's up. He He's... knows the jig is up. But apparently in the book, he has that same speech to Cutter, and Cutter walks in front of a bus and kills himself. Jesus. <laughs> okay, Which I gotta different say, take. Different take, but I gotta say... They should have gone with that take. You know I think what? that would have been the right choice. Yeah. What Ritter, Ritter probably just was like, well, I'm going to have a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, I, I want to mention this because this movie ends with the Senate Oversight Committee. And we as the audience are under are supposed to understand that Jack Ryan is the honorable guy here. He's doing the right thing. He's going to testify. And what the movie is implying is that the bad people are going to go down for this is essentially what's happening. And again, that is the most 90s way of looking at anything because if recent history has proven anything, a well-off, well... Uh, uh, what am I looking for? A well-off, uh, well-empowered gentleman can get away with fucking anything. Well, see, <laughs> I had a different take. I felt like he intentionally closed it at that moment so that if you wanted, you could think that it ends nicely, but based on literally the scene before it, it's not gonna. You know, I kind of like that better because this felt like a lot of hoorah, you know, good guys yeah. are gonna win, you know. I was actually more depressed by the end. I was like, uh, I knew, I was like, I literally was like, I bet you they're not gonna show any like finality. It's just gonna, it's gonna end kind of open. And sure enough. Yeah, no joke. And again, I am a political thriller movie junkie. If they would have shaved off an hour and a half of this movie and made a portion, a majority of it, the Senate Oversight Committee hearing, I would have probably been more excited about this movie. To be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do love like a good courtroom drama sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I was trying to that's think the movie. anything else. Yeah, that's Clear and Present Danger, everybody. Uh, for better or worse. For? Clear and Presently. We're both here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, sometimes not so clear. Always dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, now, Corey, I, you know, it's been such a long time since I watched uh, Some of All Fears, uh, even though it's my favorite movie of all time. Um, <laughs> does uh, any of this come to play in that movie? Man, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I don't remember that movie. God. I know that Morgan Freeman's in it, but he's not playing Greer. He's this playing a different lit- character. I I can guarantee you. I remember when that movie was coming out, 
And some they were making a huge deal that Ben Affleck is now the new I, Jack Ryan. I remember I, that being a really I think big I saw thing. it in theaters. Like, I think a young me saw that in theaters. <laughs> well, here's the thing with me, Corey. When that was coming out and they were like, oh, Ben Affleck, they're redoing Jack Ryan. It's going to be Ben Affleck. I was so angry that that was going to happen that I was like, there's no way I'm going to see this fucking movie. <laughs> there's absolutely no way. And till this day, never even tried. But Man, goes. I, well, I just, it to me, it lives in this weird non-Jack Ryan averse. I didn't, I always forget that that's Jack Ryan. I always yeah. forget. As, I mean, it sounds like we all should. We really all Yeah. It's, I'm fine forgetting. I don't yeah. remember. So I really like that in these first three movies, three totally different villains. You got the Soviets, mm-hmm. you got the IRA, and then you got the cartel. Hey, man, you spread the gamut. <laughs> yeah. And again, I, I just want to reiterate, the most 90s group of fucking villains you can have. So I'm I don't, wrong. There's not one Muslim terrorist, which is great. Well, they, they sure do do that in the show. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're back on that. They're gotcha. like, they're, well, they're... They're well, they're Muslim, but they're um, uh, they're they're French terrorists that were uh, from. Uh, man, I don't remember where they're from now. Mm. Shoot, shoot, I can't remember. Can't win them all, Corey. I want to um, say Libya, but it's not Libya. Anyway. Oh, there's a anyway. There's a video of Don Rickles when he was younger. I'm pretty sure he's high on cocaine, and this reporter is trying to talk to him, and Don Rickles is giving him the shit like like really destroying this guy and then right at the end before don rickles gets into his limo again pretty wasted on cocaine literally raises his arm and says long live libya <laughs> gets in the car <laughs> what is what was the matter with that <laughs> that has stuck with me for many years not long my libya. not my libya reference mine is of course back to the future it's the yes. libyans <laughs> They found me. <laughs> they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. But they found me. <laughs> Run for it, Marty! Oh, that just keep replaying that tape. <laughs> oh, if Blaine has made it to this point, he is very angry. <laughs> how many different movies have we talked about? <laughs> he is. He is not going to be happy when he arrives back from. You don't out. get it, Blaine. We don't. We can't just talk about one in the snap. We can't just it's talk loose. about this movie. <laughs> we really can't. Honestly, we really. I, I'm. Can I say proud of us? We remembered dang near yeah. all this movie. I'm sure there's some stuff we missed, but I'm sure there are audience members out there who are very mad at how much we didn't cover. But no one this... mentioned Thora Birch, <laughs> <laughs> the major role she had in this movie. <laughs> uh, she was bigger in Patriot Games as well. She had mm-hmm. a much larger role. They just yeah. also that movie ends with a cliffhanger. Do you know what the cliffhanger is? Is it? <laughs> Is it Sylvester Stallone dropping what's his name's wife off a? It's so low stakes. So uh, Ann Archer's character is pregnant, um, and they are at the dinner at the the breakfast table, and they're all wondering if they should know the sex of the baby, and they all determine yes based on Thor Birch saying yes. Let's learn, and um, and Ann Archer just says okay, tell me. She hangs the phone and looks at Jack, and they wink. And then that's it. Or they don't even wink. They just smile in the cliff. I was like, what a cliffhanger, y'all. Turns out Ooh. it's a boy based on yeah. this movie. 
<laughs> you think that people lined up in the theater the day this movie was going to be released just being like, I gotta know what the baby was. <laughs> Harrison Ford in the interview said, Harrison, tell us, tell us what was the baby. The baby the world was a MacGuffin. Is questions. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is, I think you said it best. This is right at the time Harrison Ford was entering curmudgeon phase. <laughs> Fuck it, <for> stage. Sure. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Which, I don't remember when Hollywood Homicide Hamis- <laughs> Hollywood came out, but that is the biggest oh my God, just Corey. train wreck of a <laughs> He just, he's like a nothing Corey. person in that movie. Till this very second, I forgot that this movie existed, but let me tell you a fun life story about Andrew from Hollywood Homicide. I went to that movie at the movie theater to see it. Because of Josh Hartnett. Probably because more of Harrison Ford and Josh Hartnett wasn't bad to look at. But here's a fun fact about Andrew. The first time in my life I walked out of a movie before it was over. (laughs) It was the first time I had ever done that in my life. I was a young man and wasting money like that was not great. But I was like, I can't do it. I can't sit through the rest of this. And I mean, I've never once gone back to it. Don't know how it ends. <laughs> doesn't his wife play his wife in that movie? Or his girlfriend? Callista Flockhart? I think so, right? I do not remember. I don't know I'm, I, I may be wrong, but I, I I have this memory of that being his... They're definitely not like married in the movie. They're like a weird dating thing. Yeah, it's a, I mean, in real life, too, it's a weird dating thing they're doing. So. Oh, I thought they were married. Oh, they could be. I don't know. I don't genuinely don't know <laughs> I, I genuinely don't care <laughs> by the way have you re- seen that picture that was going around of harrison not- ford doing the uh, intro to <laughs> sorry sorry it is definitely not her <laughs> at all it's a woman <laughs> named uh lena olin okay oh, <laughs> that's how long well, it's been i just had this you're a better man than me because i was gonna <laughs> let it happen so... <laughs> but no there's a viral thing going around of harrison ford he recently did the intro to the new Indiana Jones movie that's going to be coming out. He was at the Disney conference. They haven't released the trailer yet, but he got emotional at it. And it was like the first time you see Harrison Ford be like somewhat of not a pissy old man. And it was really nice, but he took a picture afterwards and it's fucking, um, short stack. And they were hugging in the picture and it was, wow. So heartwarming. Short round, you mean? But I like short yeah. stack. <laughs> short stack. <laughs> it was a stack of pancakes. He was Escobar. so happy to see. Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> short stack. <laughs> I said it with the confidence of a thousand sons, too. <laughs> you know, short stack. <laughs> oh, that's good. I mean, hey, yep. I, I'm glad that they're still friendly. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure Harrison Ford has left a lot of people in the wake of his of his path of his uh celebrity i will never forget the interview he did with uh i can't remember who it was it might have been conan but it was when cowboys versus aliens came out and (laughs) if you remember that masterpiece (laughs) another one i never saw but uh he was so pissy about it that even conan was like are you okay and Harrison Ford gave the realest asshole answer any celebrity could give. He's like, I'm just pissed that it didn't make number one. <laughs> oh, God. But are you surprised, Harrison? <laughs> hey, Harrison. 
I hate to break it to you. This the subject of this movie interested absolutely no one. Yeah, absolutely Spe- no one. Speaking of that movie, Olivia Wilde's in the news. Good God. <laughs> you know we can't. Uh... What a nightmare that film looked like it's gonna be. Yeah. Oh, look. hey, brought it back around to Bond. Daniel Craig's in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He sure is in that. He's got like a robot hand or something like that. Um, Who cares? Speaking of uh, trailers, why haven't they put a trailer out for The Whale yet? The Brendan Fraser movie. I don't know. But I'm interested So much press about this movie. Mm-hmm. How have we not gotten one trailer yet? I don't know. But I've seen the pictures. And it looks interesting. Now, if I watch it and it's just hot garbage, I'm going to be a little upset. Because I really want it, Frazier to have a comeback. Is it Darren Aronofsky? Is that who's the director? I can't even remember. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that it's Sadie Singh from Stranger Things and Brendan Fraser. That's that's like they haven't put anything else out. You said something and then Stranger Things. What was that? Sadie Singh from Stranger Things. And she plays Max. Thought so. The redhead. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. I'm so glad I pulled I really... her name because I would have been bummed if I couldn't. <laughs> hey. It's all good, Corey. Um, before should we end this... Uh, should we give this movie some awards? <laughs> oh, shit. We haven't done that yet, have we? <laughs> I literally was about to wrap up. <laughs> I mean, the awards section is going to be pretty quick. All right. Well, let's start with best death, Corey. Oh, <laughs> uh, would you want me to start? <laughs> I'm going to straight up... <laughs> I literally was about to say, well, that's been... Uh... <laughs> We don't have to do the awards section. We're really nope, well, we do, we're doing it now. Huh? So best death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it to the... I'm going to give it to like the, the whole kill zone scene. I mean, that's... Yeah. That part was the craziest part of the movie. I agree. That was wild. Uh, I, I will say a good second place is the fucking giant bomb they drop on top of the drug dealer's house. <laughs> God. <laughs> that was also interesting. <laughs> they killed so many people and children, and they make it a big deal for uh, what's-his-name to acknowledge that there's children there. Well, uh, we haven't discussed it, but at this point, I thought Willem Dafoe was the bad guy. I thought he was the bad guy. Me <laughs> <laughs> too. I didn't suspect this was going to end with him being in this hero role. It's like, oh, all right. It didn't cool. help him in this part. I was like, okay, no. yeah, you just you authorized it, but that's pretty horrific. <laughs> and one last thing, did you notice in the course of this movie, Willem Dafoe uses the absolute smallest binoculars on the face of the <laughs> earth? <laughs> he's, he's using like opera glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no joke. In the scene where they're about to blow up the fucking whole building. They're maybe a mile away, and the sniper guy has a fucking telescope. Yeah, Yeah, he has the biggest telescope you've ever seen. And Willem Dafoe has these baby little opera glasses. (laughs) Baby opera glasses. (laughs) Was that you, Colonel? Colonel, did you get your Yes, with the opera glasses and make sure you can see through. The colonel's made it back. (laughs) Elvis is going to sing. He is going to sing now. (laughs) Come see. Come see. Come see. Oh. Your French is spectacular. It's so good. 
All right, Corey, you got a best line, or do you want me to go? You go best line. Um, try to find mine. Okay, mine is uh, simply the the line that Harrison Ford rebukes to the president when he says, "How dare you, sir?" It's very Harrison, and it's decent. It's a decent delivery from Harrison. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I I my favorite line. I lo- do love that line too because I think the the president repeats it right back. How dare you yeah. <laughs> come bark at me in my office? Uh, yep. How dare you do that? I have the audacity of Ritter when he find <laughs> when he figures out that Jack is stealing his wife. He's like, Jack, computer theft's a serious crime. I was like, you gotta be. <laughs> that's what you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is some highly damning evidence, sir. <laughs> the audacity of you, dude. Of absolute war crimes you're committing. <laughs> yeah. But second right. to that is when he's basically just like, wrong, I have a get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> it's so wild. That just because of the pulled... diplomatic immunity kind of feel of it just made me so happy. Yeah, he pulled that pardon out of his safe. He's like, I've had this for a while. <laughs> I've been waiting on this day, bud. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't taking me to jail, fuckers. <laughs> All right, then finally, this made the final cut? What is it for you, Corey? It's Moira Wolfson. <laughs> <laughs> what a pointless yeah. side plot. We did not need this at all. Cortez and, would have figured it out. Just could have, like, been a piece yeah. of paper or a phone call, but that's all we needed that to be. Here's the thing. At best, she notified him that the FBI director's coming down there. At best, that did she even she did. say he was going to Columbia? Like, I'm no. pretty sure you said he's le- he's like out of town or something like that. Yeah, and he just assumed, well, he's coming down here for sure. He's for sure, coming here. here. Mm-hmm. By the way, I gotta kill you now. <laughs> By the way, I'm gonna give you some smooches, and then I'm gonna really weirdly snap your neck. <laughs> uh, for me, Corey, there is a lot I could say. I can't believe this made the final cut. It's very obvious this movie was a book that they very much translated almost word for word to a movie. Because there is so much to absorb that's going on in this movie. But if you're going to take it down to a smaller level, I could have probably shaved off 15, 20 minutes from that sniper introduction we get at the the movie. (laughs) At the very least, them holding up a fucking hamburger raptor. Raptor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Be scary. There's a dinosaur in this movie. (laughs) He looks like a hamburger. It was so weird. (laughs) You would have never would have thought. But yeah, I mean, not only is it holding up, he says, (laughs) quarter pounder with cheese. With cheese. Good. Great Royale cheese. <laughs> You're goddamn right it is. Can I just say, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park is such a good movie. I just rewatched it the other day. My God. Yeah. You know what is a terrible movie? The new Jurassic Park. <laughs> 100% Corey. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you said Sam Neill's coming back, I was like, I'm in. I know the last movie sucked. I didn't yeah. like Jurassic World all that much. But Sam Neill, I'm going to be in it. And when I watched it, I have never been more upset God. of anything in my life. <laughs> Laura Dern came back. They Sam got the whole Neal gang back. Jeff Golden, they're all back meeting our just blank, boring characters. Have you heard all the rumors about what's going on with Chris Pratt, by the way? No, talk to me. 
Okay, and again, I'm just saying this as someone who's not in the movie industry, but I do hear things. Uh, apparently, uh, Mr. Pratt is, uh, you know, he divorced Anna, what's her name? Ferris. Yes, thank you. Uh, divorced her and has joined this, like, super um, evangelical church in Los Angeles. And with had met a new wife and all this stuff. And wrote Catherine something Catherine really... Swatsadeka. <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. It is her? Yes. Oh, shit. Oh. 100%. I never knew that. And never he was that. recently on the show called The Terminalist with Patrick Schwarzenegger, his uh, brother-in-law, which is <laughs> just, just so gooky. <laughs> I know we're we're uh, invading on time to our uh, TV podcast. We do Judgment, the ultimate TV podcast. <laughs> But, also, a super boring show. Just... Oh my god. If you want to hear four people talk about a television series that we've binge-watched, <laughs> tune on to that station. Uh, tune on. <laughs> tune on. No, apparently uh, Chris Pratt's big anti-vaxxer guy, and he is not wanted to get the vaccination. So that's why you see him doing a lot of voice work now, because he can't get insured to be in in a movie. I... You know what? Really good job of not putting out anything vocally about him being anti-vax. I did not know he was anti-vax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently that's why you're getting all this news now that he's going to be the next Mario brother. He's doing this, he's doing that. Because he can't get a real, real job because of that. So he's doing voice work right now. I love, there was like an interview, he's like, you're going to be really excited what we do with the voice. But then there was like another one who said, it, we're not doing an accent. So he's like, you're going to be real excited to hear just my voice doing more. <laughs> I, you know, I remember when Parks and Rec came out, loved it. I remember when uh, fucking uh, Guardians came out, loved it. Loved it. And then he just got two in my face. He was just way too much in there. And I didn't he, appreciate yeah. it. He's like cranberries in the 90s. <laughs> Zombie. Zombie. I was, I was... <laughs> I was talking more about the fruit, the Brian Regan bit. You know where what? You cranberries are getting in everything. Yep, I didn't think about the fruit. All right. Well, that's been uh, Zombie. Zombie. Well, that's been Snap Judgment for a Clear and Present Danger. We've talked to you for two hours. Uh, a good fifteen about Clear and Present Danger, and the rest about anything else. Um, All everything else. Yeah. Uh, when I, said, when I said this would be loose, I did not realize. No, no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up, Corey. For everyone out there, this has been Judgment. Judgment. <laughs>